Coming to you from the mountain fortress of pop culture. You're listening to Time to Talk. You don't think I'm overexposed, do you? Welcome to the fortress of pop culture. My name is Tim, and if you're a first-time listener, I've actually got a special request to make of you. When you're listening to this episode, please have a genuine little think about if you might want to join in. Because, let me tell you, and regular listeners will already know this, this is the show run by amateurs, for very amateur listeners, just like you. So if you have something that you'd like to talk about from the world of pop culture, that can be a film, it can be a song, an album, um, musical, anything from pop culture, television show maybe, send us a message. Where can you find us? You'll find us on Facebook, The Golden Age of Pop Culture. And there's a big bright logo there. Or you can message me via Messenger. You'll find me on Facebook, Tim Power. It's got a big pair of red lips as the logo. And no, they're not my lips. And no, they're not beckoning to swallow something, despite the daily crude inquiries I tend to get. I'd spend more time talking about those red lips than I do about anything else, even Kylie. So today, what are we here for in the fortress of pop culture? Well, Debbie Gibson. First of all, she's got a pair of legs that would make Elle McPherson swoon, and boy does she like to show them off. But overnight, she's released a new album. It's called The Body Remembers, and it's something that you pop lovers are going to be very proud of, something you can really sink your teeth into. She's looking amazing, she's sounding even better, and the new album is fun, it's tender, and it's fairly solid as well. Jason and Lee, welcome to the show. Are you ready to talk all things Debbie Gibson? And by the way, I'm remembering my lesson from last time. Are you both bedheads? No. Bedheads. No. Debheads? <laughs> Sorry. Debheads. <laughs> I've got a bedhead. I've just got out. Oh. Uh-huh. Jason, this is your first time to the show. You, tell us, what do you love about Debbie Gibson? Oh, my gosh. Um. So, yeah, I am such a queen for her. <laughs> Good for you. Um, so, yeah, so... um. Her second album, Electric Youth, is actually one of the first albums I ever owned. Wow. Um, yeah, it was like a Christmas gift. It was um, Electric Youth. How like old was she then? She was like, sorry to interrupt, I know you were about to catalogue the whole first five yeah. albums you had, but the Debbie Gibson was probably, what, 18 when she released I, Electric Youth? I think so. It was like 88, 89. So she was born in 71, I think. Hey, 71, Jason. she'll be 50. She's turning 50 at the end of this month. I have to tell you something. I showed my kids a few Debbie Gibsons um, from the old days. Uh, a couple of days ago, I showed them some old video clips. And the, the, the questions, what's with that hat? What's with that hair? What's with that dance? Why are they filming it like that? What is this? It was very much of its time. Hey, Lee, were you doing some of those Debbie Gibson steps back in the day? Yeah, I had I had Debbie Gibson posters on my wall. I was a I was a pro, I was a Debhead before it was called Debhead. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I didn't go as far as um, 
because she had this thing when she first came out for her first album where if you had a rip in your jeans at the knee you drew a little face I think we talked about that I didn't do that because I probably would have been beaten up at school (laughs) but uh, (laughs) I I had one of those hats I think I've still got it somewhere Um, I'll tell you both this too we went from Debbie Gibson's early videos the opening sequence to all three or four seasons of Blossom. Oh gosh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, don't, do you see a link too? As soon as I saw Debbie Gibson in that hat, I thought this is Blossom. Yeah, it was very much of the time. That was the fashion, wasn't it? That those little kind of bowler hats. Yeah, and like the oversized sundresses. Yes. Yeah, and a denim, um, a, a leather jacket. Yeah. Uh, so it was a reasonable leap. Okay, that's good. They did not enjoy the opening sequence of Lost. <laughs> <laughs> uh, little little Annalise, who's probably you know not listening because she thinks this show sucks. But yeah, she looked at it. She pulled the worst teenage face you've ever seen in your life, and she went back to her iPad and said, mm-hmm. "Can we turn this off now?" Question for you both: What do you think? This is exciting, isn't it? The body remembers released yeah. overnight, and on, yeah. uh, Lee, you're the only person on the planet who <laughs> has got the CD. I, I do. I've got it, it here. You posted Clacking. the images, right? By the yeah. way, I've got to ask. This is going to be the dumbest question ever. Did you put those words over the top of the pictures, or were they actually in the booklet? No, I didn't. No, I put them over the top. I don't Thank think God. she would have included "Meet Me" by the Roadrunner um, in in the in the actual photographs. Well, you did it, it just, very professionally. Yeah, yeah. It just what struck me when I looked at them. That's the that's the thing. And there's a photo of Debbie Gibson, legs out as usual. She's very <laughs> proud of those pins. Yeah. And you've written Meet Meet Roadrunner over the top of it. And I'm thinking, I'm sure they wouldn't have put that in the booklet. No, no. She was, she's like running across a road. And it looks <laughs> like she's the Roadrunner. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For, for people who don't listen, Lee, why have you got the CD? It's very important, isn't it? It matches your equipment. It, well, I see, I do download stuff. Download. The, the oh artist. <laughs> Stream or whatever people say. Um, <laughs> then I buy the CD because I, I, I like having, I still like having the physical copy of something. Because I, I do, I like to, I've spent an hour this afternoon reading through all the notes and looking at the pictures and stuff. And then I will transfer it into my car, into my six player. Um, <laughs> I'll have to remove something so I don't know who's going to go. It'll have to, I'll have to just kind of think, who is oh. it? Who's going? So um, there's six trays and someone has to be banished for Debbie. Yeah, oh, somebody yeah. will wow. have to go. Is it yeah. a very church-like ritual when you do transfer it from the home to the car? Like, do you, is somebody walking ahead of you carrying a cross, crucifix? One of the swinging incense things. Yeah, it's yeah. It was the future a long time ago. Um, <laughs> <and> that... <laughs> it was the future a long time ago. <laughs> it was yesterday. And now it's now it's retro. So yeah. I'm not making apologies for it. No. But what are your impressions? What are your impressions of the album? I really like it. I've not. Li- I've listened to it once fully, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I really like it. I'm. I'm. I'm impressed. Yeah, I. I think it's actually really, really good. You know, you never know what to expect from, you know, a pop star who's you know legacy started in the '80s. Like how their taste evolves. Mm. And also, it's because she's doing it herself yes. from her own record label. You yes. kind of sometimes think. Is it going to sound a bit cheap? Is it going right. to sound a bit? Mm. And it doesn't. To be fair, it really doesn't. It has it. It has a quality sound to it. It's produced well. 
It's produced well. This is what Gibson herself had to say about the new album. The variety of styles, the way it encapsulates my life right now, I really wanted to let it hang out on this album. The goal was to make an undeniably special, authentic, well-crafted and yet still raw album. I feel great about the fact that we found that. I feel like I've made an undeniable album. Now, there's an American talking there. I always struggle with Americans and their shameless self-promotion. But nonetheless, (laughs) I happen in this case to agree with Debbie. I think that she's – what struck me as I listened through this album, which I I really, really, really enjoy and I'm really looking forward to going back to because like you, Lee, I've I've probably listened to it three or four times now. But it it really is true, authentic, old-style Debbie Gibson mixed with something there are a variety of styles on this album and it's really Mm -hmm. fun but there if you if you are looking for those classic debbie gibson moments with a piano and a ballad they're there and Mm -hmm. did she write all the songs jason on this album she did um there are some i think that she co-wrote like um god who's the celebrity dj who did all the remixes for girls night out uh tracy Right, yeah. Right, she, um, one of the songs, I can't remember which one because I don't have That's the physical the lead track, copy isn't yet, it? Like one step closer, I think. It could be, yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear that because I, I didn't know if she had or hadn't, but as I'm listening through, I'm thinking, yeah, a lot of these, the lyrics, I can sort of pick a Debbie Gibson lyric now after going back mm-hmm. through her back catalogue over the past couple of weeks and some of the styles I was thinking, yeah, she's got to have had a close hand in all of this. We're going to go through track by track because I'm sure there are tracks that we want to highlight and that we want to gush about. They certainly Mm -hmm. are for me. Um, But just the general impression from you, Jason, as you were listening to this, what did you make of this album? Exciting moment for you. You wait like two or three years between albums for Debbie, don't you? Yeah. um, Well, this is her first, like, album of original material like 20 years i mean she's yeah she's um yeah but i mean she's done singles and one-offs especially for like the movie she's done she's done like theme songs too and she's done like one-offs um how do you remain so patient like i often wonder if kylie went away for i don't know even five years i mean i'd still be interested when she came back i'd still be loyal but but how do you wait 20 years and what the devil are you doing with all your time between i know right (laughs) well i think one thing that's really great about debbie is that she's very much like um what do they call it like the zeitgeist so she stays up to date with like social media like she's very active Mm. on social media so she does um things on instagram and she does something called cameo um i don't know if you've heard of that service where you can purchase like a performance from her to dedicate to somebody and she films mm. it and she sends it to you. Like it's a personal thing. She does all mm. kinds of stuff throughout the years. And plus, like I said, she's been doing movies this whole time as well. So she's never been gone. Yeah. I keep hearing that from fans because we got into a little bit of trouble with the last podcast by saying, who's Debbie Gibson <laughs> and plenty yeah, of fans. Shame. I was schooled. I can tell you that plenty of yeah. long messages about <laughs> everything she's done. I wasn't particularly interested everyone who wrote to me, but I did scan the, the information you gave me, but it was, there was a lot. You're right. She was, she's been doing a lot, I have to say. Yeah. So the lead single, One Step Closer, it came out uh, at least a couple of weeks ago now. Mm-hmm. And I was a big fan of this right from the beginning. A great video clip, um, good attitude, well-produced. I can understand after listening to the whole album why it was the lead mm-hmm. single. Makes a lot of sense to me now. One Step Closer, you're a fan of that one too, aren't you, Lee, from memory? Mm, yeah, I really like it. It's really, it's really up tempo, um, and it, it, it's modern, but without sounding like she's trying to follow a trend. 
if yeah. you get mm-hmm. what I mean. It's not like yeah. she's trying to be Dua Lipa or she's trying to be um, Charlie X, X, whatever, uh, X-E cross X. <laughs> she's one of those artists that is huge in the gay community. And she performs at Prides. And when she was first starting out as a teenager, before she even had a record deal, she was performing at gay nightclubs when she wasn't even old enough to get in. Like, um, so wow. she's so she's someone that the gay community um, supports. And this, and I've always said about her that she needs to release a dance album. Like that's who her audience is. And a lot of artists of her age. Um, eventually they do that because that's that's who their audience is. It's a niche and like we're dying for it. And one step closer is definitely that, you know, song you're going to hear at the gay clubs, you know. Single, uh, well, track two on the album is called mm-hmm. Runway. Oh, you <laughs> very much a, a be your best self type yeah. of song, but what an absolutely sick beat at the beginning. <laughs> uh, like I already heard this like sample before i hadn't heard any of the lyrics but this is a fantastic song i absolutely mm-hmm. love it i think it's i think it's a stunning track if she doesn't release this i'd be very right. surprised um i think uh, what i really like about that you know going back to what you said about the beat is one thing that she's always been really great at doing is painting pictures so like when you the song is called runway and when you think about the lyrics and you combine that with the beat you can pick like I, I can picture myself putting my headphones on and walking down the street <laughs> to the to that beat, you know, like I'm doing my own music video. And it's just um, a really inspirational song, which I think, you know, throughout her career, she's always like been like that's something she's excelled at is writing lyrics that are inspiring and doing it in a way that makes you just feel great. And I like how she sings in the song about, you know, when the lyric about because you stripped yourself bare is about being vulnerable. And um, if you listen to her interviews about what this album is about and where she is in her life, and it's like uh, 20 years of experience and how she's she's gotten older, I think this is a great song for that. With the right video clip, this could be quite a big song. It could be bigger than the lead if it has the right video. And I like what you said about she paints pictures with her words. She's she's a very good lyricist. Like the the words that she chooses in a lot of the songs Mm – uh, as good as the song itself right. and with the right video clip something a little bit fun a little bit quirky yeah. uh, with a storyline uh, it doesn't have to be expensive produced no. um, but this could be big this one runway i think it's actually probably the standout it's not my favorite song on the album funnily enough but it's the most commercial i'm sorry it's, yeah it could be um a huge hit it's it's got that funk to it track three is love don't care this one for any uh diehard kylie fan um, and yeah, I know I get in trouble for making <laughs> Kylie comparisons all over the place. However, there is a song called "Where in the World" by Kylie. It's a extra track on the very first greatest hits she ever put out when she left PWL back in the day. It's called "Where in the World," and this has a little twang of it. This track three, "Love Don't Care." This is a great track as well. Just a fun bop of a song, pure sugary sweet mm-hmm. pop. Yeah, and, mm. the, and the message is great because. Um... Love don't care when you're ready for it or not, and you just have to be open to it. I do, yeah, and and it's funny how you said it reminds you of of Kylie. It doesn't particularly remind me of 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 that track that you mentioned, but it does remind me of you know any of the tracks on Kylie's disco. It has that same kind of energy mm-hmm. about it. For me, with this album generally, the first seven tracks are really good it's it's a ride and a half i do believe it has its problems after track seven 
not dire, not terrible, and I'll get to that. But for me, the, the first seven, like you can't you just uh, possibly when we talk about Lost in Your Eyes, track five, be interesting to hear what you both make of that. But the first seven tracks, amazing, amazing. Sometimes amateurs know best, and a lack of professionalism is all you'll hear on the Time to Talk show. Join Tim and his panel of guests as they wade their way through a range of news, music, and pop culture treats. Time to Talk, the show hosted by amateurs for unprofessional listeners. I can hear like old school J-Lo, I can hear other references but not like you would go oh she's she's that's what she's gone for she's going to go i'm going to write a j-lo or i'm going to write a kylie um but you can hear them you can hear the influences well one of the challenges they've all got j-lo kylie um, madonna even though she refuses to meet the challenge and debbie gibson is how do you write really good uh, universal pop songs that don't rely on themes that would be tacky like young themes like i remember even when kylie released fever there was a song called dance floor on it and people were like she's too old to be talking about she's at the disco and she's trying to find the boy to bring onto the dance floor and i remember thinking wow that's a bit harsh but as they get older they've got to find melodies that are universal but the the lyrics and the theme of the song needs to be mm, not more mature i don't agree with that but just it can't be something that only an 18 year old yeah you can, i mean if it was an album full of you know songs about kissing boys and stuff you'd be like mm, exactly. a bit cringy exactly right exactly right the title track is called the body remembers now i love this track but i have to say this is a bit of an example of the, where i find the production just at times and it's a little bit in this one and it's more in others where it's a little bit stuck in 2015 for me there's a, a few little samples and odds and bods that they put over the track that is like yeah that would have been ahead of its time in 2015 but it's a little bit stale now yeah i think there's also an element of nostalgia to it i know um she uh in an interview she talked about a point she's at a point in her life where she you know she's not embarrassed of everything that happened like in the 80s like her fashion choices and her hair choices and all that stuff and how um the body remembers yeah she talks about how it, your body it's like muscle memory right it remembers pain it remembers love it remembers laughter it remembers all these things and also like uh when you hear a song or smell a smell or hear a sound it can take you back to a place when you first heard that song or first smelled that smell or heard that sound you know what i'm saying so i think that's a big part of it was it the right choice to call the album after the body remembers one often when they name an album after a particular track you get a bit of a heads up that it might be a single right. in the future for a start not always but sometimes i mean she had a lot to choose from here she could have went legendary mm-hmm. which probably would have been a bit up herself there's <laughs> You know, uh, there was Love Don't Care. That would have been a good one. Runway could have been a good title. Tell Me Love could have been... Uh, lots mm-hmm. of these could have been great. But uh, The Body Remembers, it's an interesting choice. Yeah, I think it's quite, yeah, I think it's quite good. Because it does, it's kind of almost like, you know, she's kind of like saying, I've still got it. Yeah. I'm still here. Yeah. Um, obviously, she couldn't, yeah. call, she couldn't kind of call it, I've still got it. Um, <laughs> 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 Though she does. she does. Have you seen yeah. those legs? Yeah. Jeez. 
what's the artwork like, Lee, um, for this album? Because, again, I've only been streaming it and I can see a tiny little um, thumbnail. It, is the artwork and holding the CD It great? is. It's lovely. I mean, she's she, the, the front cover, she's in front of a massive disco ball, mm-hmm. which kind of looks a little bit like a moon as well. Um, and it, the, the sort of, like, inserts inside, is, they've got all the full lyrics, so you can you can read all the, the lyrics. The, the, she looks great in the photographs. They're a little, you know, some of the progress a little bit sort of sort of fashion wise a little bit kind of left fieldy um you know there's the one where she's um running across the road like a road runner um which but they're fun but in the in the center of the um the, the booklet there's kind of oh, this montage of, of photographs of all the people that helped her make the album oh, that's uh, and 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 going on tour and stuff. So there's you know lots of different like little snapshots, um, which are really interesting. So there's ones with like her her dancers and with her family and all sorts of stuff. So it is really it's it's nice. It's it's quality. It's mm-hmm. not thin paper. We're not talking thin paper. We're talking staples and we're talking gloss. Oh, nice. I've got to say the one that you posted, uh, Lee, of the one that you you mocked, Roadrunner Meep Meep. Um, that one actually reminds me a little bit of the the Rhythm of Love photograph shoots uh, for Kylie again. Yeah. Stop referencing Kylie. Stop <laughs> referencing Kylie. Well, no, I won't. I won't at all. But it does, but because Kylie went out to the outback, uh, well, to the desert of the USA for that photo shoot, and this reminds me a little bit of it. Yeah, yeah, it could. Yeah, it could well be. There's, a, there's it's a very gl- there's a lot of there's a lot of diamonds. There's a lot of glitz. There's a lot of sequins. There's a lot of lag. Track five on the album, Joey McIntyre. Now, this is the one that I was told that the fans are very mixed about, and I hadn't heard it before, but apparently it came about because they were doing it on tour or when they all toured together at some stage, and it was a bit of a crowd favourite, so now here it is on the album. Poor old Joey McIntyre. (laughs) Although, I have to say, if he hasn't been auto-tuned too much, he sounds fantastic. I don't know what the fuss is about here. This is a great updated version of the song it's it stays true to the original that's what i heard <clears throat> one of the criticisms was that it strays too far it doesn't at all it just strays just the right amount to be an updated right. version she sings some of the notes a little bit differently joey mcintyre has a lovely voice i have uh-huh. to say if it's his i don't know how much auto-tune there is but yeah this is uh, lovely actually it's a really beautiful version of the song yeah I actually love it I mean that's one thing that's great about that song and pretty much all of her songs um, throughout the years is especially that one is that it's a, a great song stands the test of time and you can tweak it a little bit here and there and it's still a great song you know and why not but she's included like her biggest track or yeah I'm sure this is her biggest track to date on this album uh, uh, there's a marketing element to this as well to make sure that she's still capturing and reminding people about who mm-hmm. she is absolutely it's there for that reason as well let's acknowledge mm-hmm. that it was um the story goes it's actually joey mcintyre's idea to do the song as a duet when they were on um tour together and um yeah mm-hmm. yeah like you said it was like it it was a crowd favorite on tour like every show like it was just one of those moments uh and they decided to capture it by recording it and making it permanent which i think is amazing i remember being amused by the name of that tour what was it called again when they all went out the mixtape tour oh the mixtape tour that's right that's pretty cool actually much better than when new kids on the block toured with backstreet boys they called that something (laughs) dreadful what was that again New Kids on the Back Street. Or it was it not N-K-O-T-O-B-S-B or something, something like that. Yeah, it was like their initials oh. together. I thought that, yeah, that tour was weird because 
I didn't see that tour, but I watched the, um, I guess the movie or whatever, when they, you know, they pick a show to like record. And um, I don't, I didn't like it because instead of them doing like a whole set and then another set, it was like the new kids performed a song, they went off stage. The Backstreet Boys performed a song, they went off stage. It was like, oh. it alternated like the entire night. And then they did like- That's odd. Yeah, it was so strange. Um, I did see, um, New Kids on the Block on tour when they went out with Paula Abdul and Boys to Men, and that was fan freaking tastic. And I can tell you, Jay McIntyre is probably the best singer in that group. I'm brand new to Debbie Gibson's world, so when I put this on yesterday in the car, driving along, good sound system, <laughs> waiting for track five, waiting for this song that people have told me is dreadful, and. Yeah, when he started singing, I was really surprised. Really, really good. But track six, hello, Taylor Swift, anyone? This is called Strings. I think this is a pretty song. Um, it does sound a touch of something like Taylor Swift might concoct, but um, I think it's a really beautiful, sentimental. I mean, it sounds something like, it sounds like a ballad that she would have had on any of her albums throughout her career. Tell me what you both think of this, okay? When you, when you listen to Strings... This is what you need to have for the video clip. Grainy childhood footage. You have to have the adult Debbie on a swing. <laughs> you need to have Debbie, the childhood Debbie now being pushed into a pool by a cheeky brother. You need to have the adult Debbie laying face down on the grass, chewing on straw. Her hair needs to be left very natural. Not too much makeup, by the way. So yeah, that I've already done the video clip for you, Debbie. You've not thought much about it, have you? You've not really put a lot of thought into it. <laughs> Swinging your legs. I was listening to it, thinking, "Oh, this is this is Taylor Swift and a little bit of Miley when she goes a bit like this way too, a bit of uh, country country ballad." Uh, it's a it's actually a beautiful song though. Country ballads can be very very corny and very cheesy. She doesn't go that way with this. No. This is really lovely song. Mm-hmm. In her career, like, think nothing's for free. Like, there's always strings attached. And she's looking for a relationship where there's no strings attached except for your heartstrings. Does that make sense? But legendary. This is so theatrical. Yeah, that's her. This is so extraordinary. Like, it really is. This is, a, a, an, a, this is an amazing song. Like, it could be done as part of, a, like, a, a play, a musical play or something like that. It's, it's very um, dramatic and over the top. Mm-hmm. And goes all over the place. I absolutely love it. And it's funny that you say that because she has had a long career on Broadway in leading roles. Oh, oh. Yeah, after... Um, oh, she's been influenced. Yeah, so now her very first role on Broadway was in 1990 or 91. It was after her third album, but before her fourth album. Um, she was cast as Eponine in Les Miserables on Broadway. That was her very oh. first role. And anyone knows Les Mis, that's not an easy thing to pull off. Um, and from there, like all throughout the 90s, she starred in many Broadway plays. She even released an album, um, was it in the early 2000s? I can't remember um, exactly in which decade, but um, it was called Colored Lights, and it was just a collection of her favorite Broadway classics. Oh, right. Well, she has absolutely been influenced, because that's what came to mind immediately here. Lee, did you have any thoughts around Legendary? <laughs> I don't, I don't mind it. I'm not like I've said before. I'm not a massive ballad fan. It has to be really something special. Reading the kind of blurb, she was she wrote this as kind of a tribute to Kobe Bryant, the the, the basketball yes. player who 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 died in the um, uh, helicopter crash. Um, 
that's what she says. She says it's written in memory for him. And that makes me feel bad saying I don't really like it. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not overly keen. It would be it would be one that I would skip. Mm. Yeah, I, I love how, you know, at the end there's that there's that unexpected moment where it breaks into like electric guitar, which she is a huge fan of. Um, that moment is like just the variety in this song. And yeah, the theatricality is just amazing for me. If anyone wants a bit of a sample about the one of the highlights of this album, although I know Lee doesn't agree, check out, so far, Runway and Legendary. They're the two standouts for me so far. I think the second part of the album does start to falter from time to time, and that brings me to track eight, which is Freedom. I feel this is a little bit generic. I'd like to know who the devil is Ashba, because it says Freedom featuring DJ Ashba. I, well, is he just mixing it because I couldn't hear anyone else on this track. He's he's a apparently he's a he's a musician. He's a guitarist. He's a songwriter. Mm. He's a record producer. Yeah. I've never heard of him. Yeah, he he looks quite he looks quite scary in his photograph. <laughs> um, <laughs> Maybe she was screaming for freedom. Then was he? <laughs> he? He looks like he could be the son of Slash from Guns N' oh, Roses. Okay. Well, possibly, yeah, because looking at his kind of blurb, he's heavy metal, hard rock, post-grunge, alternative metal. So he's, yeah. so he's not really somebody who you would naturally put together with the Debbie Gibson, no, really. Th- I think that's interesting um, that you pick up on these things. I mean, I haven't seen his picture, and I didn't know who Ashba was either, but now that you're describing him to me, um, what I know about Debbie Gibson and like her past, like in the 80s, she loves those hair band guys. She actually does have a thing for them. And then we go into track nine, Girls Night Out. I'm sorry, this is a horrible little track. I mean, no girl. I think the purpose of this song is they want to say that, you know, the girls are getting ready to go out and this is the type of song you put on. Believe me, they wouldn't. This is, this is, yeah, I don't like it. It's it's not a new song. She she released this a couple of years ago. Yeah, Yeah. Um, this was a single she released when she was on the uh, mixtape tour. And um, I... So if you so this is not the original version of the song, so that's probably I think if you go back, this is a the Vegas Vibes remix. There's like a million remixes. Like this was a huge mm. hit when it came out, and um, Tracy Young did a remix album. Other DJs did a remixes of it. Um, this is one of them. The original version is fantastic. The um, so you have to go and listen to it. I think it might change your mind and. The Tracy Young um, remix album of it is also, all of her remixes of the song are fantastic. I don't know why. um, This is the only song on the whole album that I will say I'm disappointed in, in terms of why she put this version on the album and not the original. I think it would change your mind if you went back and listened to the original as well as the Tracy Young remixes. It's quite nice. The video to it is quite fun because she's in Vegas, isn't she? And she's in a a hotel and the showgirls and all that kind of stuff. Um, But yeah, it's not, it's kind of, I agree with it. It's like a pointless remix. Just put the original. Yeah, just do the original because this version sounds like one of those remixes where, yeah, she could have put the original in this spot and then at the end, at the very last track, she could have done like an exclusive remix. You know how artists do that? Yeah. Like that's what that sounds like to me. Like to have this version of this song in the middle of an album kind of interrupts the flow of the album to me and it doesn't sound like it belongs with the rest of the tracks 
Yeah, and I was curious about that whole concept of this. This has got 15 tracks, this this album in total, and that's very generous. But after listening to it, I really feel it needed to be trimmed and then possibly a deluxe version put out for fans who really wanted to get their ears into the extra tracks that we didn't get to hear on the on the standard version. That's I just the way I, I would have done that. it. Yeah, yeah. I just feel, I feel like there was some trimming to do here. It's not as if all 15 tracks are absolutely supreme and just couldn't be ruled out. It's just not like that. There were some that I thought, yeah, you could have got rid of this. However, to be positive, track 10 is Dance For You and we pick right back up at this point. This is a great little funky tune. Um, it's It's got a great beat. It's, it's a good pop song. This is a really good pop song. Yeah. However, I've got to say, I wish that singers would stop promoting this idea because a lot of them do it that if if we dance for someone then we, we might actually turn them on and win their heart <laughs> because in yeah. real life it's it's just not true it's just That's, not true have you life. never had that experience tim have you never been danced for <laughs> and, for, and 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 you know you're missing out unless you're Barishnikov, then you shouldn't try that tactic right, but right. this is a good song i really enjoy this one it's it's a good song it reminds me of a madonna like a, an early Madonna song, yeah, that kind of like into the groove or something. You know, the, the start of a Madonna song, mm. um, and yeah, I really like it. And I wonder, I'm wondering because she was a big Prince fan, and I'm wondering if kind of like "Dance for You" and "Love You Too Much" are kind of like her tribute to to Prince. Okay, now this song, I was actually um, when you talked about how. Uh, uh, how maybe there should have been like a standard release and then like a bonus track edition. Um, I think that second half of this album uh, is getting into territory that reminds me of her MYOB album, which came out in okay. 2001, I think. Um, and even um, her Body, Mind, Soul album, if, um, if you go back and listen to that, because those two albums, the songs are very mature with like an urban feel. So that's what... So yeah, so I'm totally vibing with what you were mentioning about having a bonus track version where she included some of these like throwbacks to her um, mid-90s or early 2000s career. When you start a track with I'm not going to steal you from my wife, you you know that the singer is in a saucy mood immediately. Yeah. <laughs> and that is a very good thing. <laughs> she does play up to her cougar image. She does. She does. I think. Yeah. yeah. If, if, if you kind of look at any of her kind of like face... Um, YouTube or Instagram post, she she does she does like to play up the fact that she classes herself as a bit of a cougar. This song does this is one of the songs that reminded me of like J Lo that kind of mm. vibe. It has a Latin to feel it. to it a little bit, right? That beat. Mm. It's something you'd hear playing at a pool bar at Vanuatu. It's a very islandy song. It's got that beautiful influence to it. Oh, it's a, yeah. it's a fairly good song. I can hear that. Track twelve, love you too much. Not so much for me, I've got to say. <laughs> no, this is pretty blah, pretty blah. Being written the way it's written, I was expecting like a funky Prince-type vibe, but it's quite sweet. It reminds me of like something that you would have playing in on the soundtrack of an 80s teen movie. Oh, yes. Uh, um, I can hear that. Mm. Yeah, like the romantic break when they're in a car with the top down and, you know, just before the monster eats them that kind of stuff yeah no i agree with lee i actually like the production value um i think lyrically it's not her best work because um she is i mean she's written and produced like 99.9 percent .9 of everything she's ever done so yeah i think this is um not her best but i think when you look at the big picture 
the lyrics, the song, the production, the instrumentation, everything. Like, I think it's, I think it's a good song. And I, I can totally hear that kind of throwback eighties, um, like teen movie. Like maybe it's like 16 candles or pretty in pink or one of those Brad pack movies. Yeah. You know, one of those Brad pack yeah. movies. Yeah. Track 13, Red Carpet Ready. Now, this is a pretty enough song. It's 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 pretty. And it has, as you've pointed out, Jason, and what I'm learning is beautiful lyrics that are very visual, very descriptive. But I've got to say, my, my notes here, I've written, where's the chorus? I can't distinguish the chorus from the rest of the song, which might be the point. Maybe it's a style choice. I don't know. But I couldn't, couldn't find the chorus in amongst this. I do recall hearing um, her say in an interview that she actually likes country songwriting mm. um so you know and that's all about telling stories um and you know it's uh in country music there's a saying three chords and the truth that's all you need for a great song so that's probably yeah. what she's doing here it's like she's actually just telling a story Lee? Mm, yeah this this is this would be the skipper one because <laughs> uh, it's not it, again it's something that i could you, you could imagine it in a film yeah, yeah, it sounds a little bit Shania Twain, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I'm not. I'm uh, a ballad for me has to really blow me away, and it's pleasant. But it, it I will, I'll be going <laughs> when, when I, when I, when I have that in the car. No, it's funny. Hey. It's like how insightful you guys are because um, you mentioned like you know movies. Because another thing, I, I'm such a deathhead. I watch all her interviews, obviously, um, and when I got to be with um in the room with her in person and meet her and she talked about uh one of the things she hasn't really done a lot of that she wants to do more of is write for movies talking about red carpet ready we've had someone emerge from the dungeon this beast who has come up the stairs (laughs) and is definitely not red carpet ready (laughs) Uh, is earphoneless, so can't hear you, but he's still going to attempt because we were listening to this together. We're talking about Red Carpet Ready. Yes. Just generally, what do you think of the album? And by the way, this is Megs, a regular to the show who often can't make the start time. Why, Megs? Um, because I sleep in. Um, and I'm very sorry about that, but my body needs the amount of sleep that it needs. And does it? I can't tell it no. Yes. No, and you were up all night listening to Debbie Gibson probably too. <laughs> yeah, pretty much actually. I would introduce you to Jason, who by the way is awesome. It's his first podcast. He's just so knowledgeable. Oh, that's great. Such a good podcast. Good job, Jason. He called himself a podcast virgin. I am. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, he is. Right. But uh, what did you make of the album as you were listening to it yesterday? Um, yeah, I really liked the beginning. Very strong opening with the first few songs but then i just found that towards the middle it just became very bland very boring just wanted to skip every song do you want me to mute the mic jason (laughs) i know right well and then but then towards the end it started getting a bit better again and then it became bland again and that was the journey okay can you can you go away (laughs) thank you for your insightful comments well the and I would give it a, a 5 out of 10. Oh, Cameron. That's shocking. Now, go That's away. We're harsh. having quite a beautiful, positive... Okay, well, you asked for my opinion. Well, then I didn't like it. You can't it. handle it. That's right. That's what I'm saying. I'm not in your generation. When I don't like an opinion, I shut it down and I toss it out. Go away. And Debbie Gibson, if you are listening, I apologise. He's, he's young and he's just woken up. He doesn't know what he's saying. Tell me, love, we're getting to the second last track on the album. It's a long album. It really is. And uh-huh. the, the songs aren't particularly long, though. They're all just your standard 
three and a half to four and a half minute song. So it's not an overly long album, I guess. It's just got a lot of tracks. Tell Me Love. This is another example where I thought the production was a bit out of date. I thought the song was really good written and structured and delivered her vocals throughout this album are really really good as the vocals expect. on this album are terrific like i think they really are yeah, yeah this would have been an amazing final track if it was more amped up and like that chorus like you just played like that's where also she could have brought in a really massive like choir and really kind of given it to us and what and like maybe um this is one of those songs where I think she could have pushed the envelope more in that regards and taken us to church, so to speak. I, I agree. I think that, yeah, if she'd have beefed it up a little bit, made it a little bit more kind of um, bassy, um, um, and then that, and then ended the album at, at that and not had the, the last track, I would have been quite happy with that. Right. However, the last track, Me Not Loving You, which we'll segue into, uh, this is, I, I was trying to work out why did she end the album with this this is mm, correct me jason but the classic debbie gibson it's a piano and a croon yeah by the way it sounds a little bit like because we'd need to round off the kylie references it, there's a track by kylie called cool this is a little bit like cool um it, but not as good by the way uh, it's an interesting way to close the album i was a bit mm, i was trying to understand why she would have done this and closed it this way and i respect that maybe it's because this is classic debbie gibson maybe that's what she wanted to do i'm not sure um i don't like any album that ends with a ballad or a slow song um is that she actually was agonizing i guess that might be too strong of a word i don't know her exact word over the track order like she chose the track order um so yeah Mm. i would love to ask her what her thought process was um because she actually did choose the track order and she said um um, it was she was talking to Joey McIntyre and how she kind of I don't know if she's being serious or joking but she she was laughing when she said that she lost sleep some nights thinking about oh my god I've got to figure this out because it's got to be released what order the track's going to be in um, so yeah that's interesting um, going back to her um, anything is possible album her third album uh, she broke that album into two halves so the first half is all ballads the second half is all up tempo dance tracks. Or do I have that backwards? So yeah, so I think that's almost what she could have done with this album. If I was sitting on this bunch of tracks that I've just been listening to for the past 24 hours or so, I would have done exactly what she did. I would have put all of those corkers at the beginning. I just would have done that because I think if, you, if you're not... Uh, if you're looking for a bit of commercial success and you've been away and absent for a long time, mm. you need to have your good stuff up front. Otherwise, someone might stop listening to their album, right? Right. So I think mm. she's slammed through all the best stuff. But then I think, not to be, I don't think the second half is, is bad, by the way. I hasten to add, I really don't, much as my son believes it was, you know, not so good. But I think the second half just is not as strong as the first. So I can see why she agonised because if she dotted some of them, through the second half then we would have had the inclination to keep going but and not left thinking oh it started really good and then it but i sort of totally respect why she stacked the the stronger songs at the beginning mm-hmm. yeah i would have dropped this down to 12 tracks and i actually would have been brave and and finished with legendary to be honest because sometimes you end with a bit of a quirky or something a bit different but it's certainly grand and it would have left us with that sort of theatrical dramatic end yeah 
Um, She could have even called the album legendary and uh, wouldn't surprise me if they toyed with that idea too. But look, overall, this is a very fun album. We get too Uh deep into it, but that's our job. We're amateurs digging into pop culture. That's our job. But if you just look at it slightly differently and go, would you put this on and enjoy the experience? Oh, hell yes. This was great. I really, really loved putting this on. I'm looking forward to going back and listening to it again. Mm-hmm. Maybe some of those second half tracks will start to grow on me too. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe they will because that does happen. And to be fair to Debbie Gibson, uh, as we all know, some songs are growers and I haven't had the time for these to grow on me. And for an artist in her 50s now who started when she was so young, I mean, what, what are we making of, of her putting out an album of this caliber at this stage of her career? I actually started studying music when I was 10. I still study music in my free time to this day, and she's the reason why I became a musician. Um, and I told her that <laughs> when I've met her. Um, so, like, like, she's paid her dues. I think she's just a brilliant songwriter, and she's one of those artists that, does it for the love of art and the passion for it. She doesn't do it to be famous. She doesn't do it for the money. She does what she trusts her instincts. And if you like it, you like it. That it, um, that's you know, if you love it, that and she has an audience to perform to. And that to her is like the icing on the cake. That's the cherry on top. The music industry has changed massively. Yeah. And once you kind of hit 35, nobody's in. You know, record companies are not interested. The radio is not interested. So it's a fine line with being a heritage act, which kind of, you know, you, ha- you, you churn out the same kind of stuff that made you famous. Or you go, do you know what? I'm still an artist and I want to, want to, you know, put stuff out that is different and alike. And I think she's managed it. Mm-hmm. Um, she could quite easily have just chucked out another greatest hits and, or done that horrible thing that some artists do of re-recording their hits in the modern style um, and, and putting that out. But no, she hasn't. She's, she's, it's not groundbreaking. It's not going to, you know, I don't think Dua Lipa and um, those kind of people are going to be worrying, but, it's good. It's a good pop album, and um, you know why should you know when you when you turn a certain age, you know she she reminds me of she's kind of like America's version of Kylie. If Kylie, you know, because Kylie's not massively um, successful in America, she's well known, but she's she's kind of like America's version of Kylie. Mm-hmm. Still, still, still doing it. Still going, going for it, um, and I think that's amazing. I think it's really good. For me, this album is just, it's got all the hallmarks of someone who knows their craft, who knows their business, who knows how to write a good song. You said she reminds you of the American Kylie. I I think she actually reminds me of the American Delta Goodrum, um, who we have over here in Australia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sort of, um, because Kylie's um, probably much more what I would call... Dare I say it? Manufactured at the beginning, at least she has. She relies on a lot of other people yeah. to craft yeah. her commercialism. Whereas Delta Goodrum, she sits down at the piano, she loves writing tunes and mm-hmm. popping them out, and she's just not quite as successful. It's not in the same stratosphere. That's why she reminds Debbie Gibson reminds me a bit more of Delta Goodrum. And in fact, I think they'd get along famously and should do a duet. By the way, yeah. I think it would be absolutely phenomenal. But yeah, I just, I just have so much respect for this album because it's during lockdown and to have done it without all the the amount of money that's pushed into other projects from other bigger artists right this was a labor of love you can hear it's a labor of love and it's paid off it's not tragic it's not sad which i think would have to be a fear for someone coming back after 20 years will i be seen as like a tragic cougar or this but she embraces all of this 
she clearly a woman who knows herself too. I can mm-hmm. hear that in the lyrics. I don't know much about Debbie Gibson, but this is someone who's quite self-assured, mm-hmm. who's definitely come through some anxiety, I would imagine, from some of the lyrics, who's conquered a lot of stuff. And he's in a good place right now um, by the sound of it because this is an album that would suggest the artist who produced it and sang it and wrote it is in a very healthy spot and I'm happy to hear that. This is a bit of a, a light at a very dark time, a bit like disco was. Um, no, and I think uh, everything you just said was perfect in closing. Like You hit the nail on the head just like we did earlier. Um, and uh, one thing that a lot of people don't know about Debbie Gibson is that she, um, she did kind of uh, take a back seat in terms of being in the spotlight for a while because she does have Lyme disease. Uh, she's had it for years and so you touched on that a little bit and how you're picking up on um, her personality and the songs and all that stuff and that's something that she's had to um, work around in terms of health issues um, in order to um, perform and just you know sing and dance and all the other stuff so so yeah, so I think um, you hit the nail on the head. That was a perfect closing statement. Jason, you are no longer a podcast virgin. Thank you yeah. so much. You've been brilliant. And Lee, you've been brilliant as always. We want people to leave comments if you can. I've never worked out how to do it under a podcast. But if you're listening to us via YouTube, put a comment. Contact us on Facebook. Get in touch. This is the amateur show for amateur listeners. You can be part of it too. Come and talk about something. I'm sure you can do every bit as well as us. See you later, guys. Bye. Hey, thank you.